while you're Welcome to Movie Marathon with Andrew and Mike. Andrew, I am really, really, really goddamn excited for this episode. Uh, I know you have had some uh, difficulties. <laughs> has it has it sapped your enthusiasm for recording this episode? No, it hasn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I... Uh... For anybody who wasn't my wife uh, watching me flip the fuck out a few minutes ago, uh, my headphones that I typically use for this uh, had spiders in them. And I didn't find that out until after I put them <laughs> on. So my head was covered in tiny spiders. So I just want to say I, I love you in case uh, spiders infest my brain or my ears. And I die later on from that. Look, I, I was <laughs> trying. We missed so it by a few days. Mind. I was trying to do a Halloween three thing for you. <laughs> It fucking worked. And instead of the mask, it's the headphones. Bugs come out of them, eat your face, you die. <laughs> yeah, no, no snakes. No snakes. No snakes. Well, they, they were a little tough. They kept, they, they get out of the headphones. They wouldn't stay so in. I, while, while you were talking, I just ordered a new set of headphones. <laughs> 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 Why? Uh, I don't know. I just, something about the, the snakes. Um, uh, well, speaking of more important earth snakes, Jesus, the, the spiders. Let's talk about your background. <laughs> so while you were dealing with these spiders, it gave me time to change my uh, Zoom background. <laughs> <laughs> to a very, con- well, this is fitting because it's a very confused looking uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be blind in that Can, scene. can he see? Can he not see? Can he see? I, I, I don't mean, think he can how, see. How would you know? Can he only see through a Gaussian filter? That I think that's uh... that's the that's the hilarious part of it is he is reacting like he is one thousand percent blind to the in everything in the world, <laughs> and then they do POV shots where it's like that's what no, I see without see. my contacts in. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like if you, you could like, walk yeah, into a pretty big disadvantage. <laughs> I mean, you have fucking Chung Lee coming for you, but it's not like. <laughs> Like, get your shit together, man. <laughs> I think he would have been fine. I, I think he was fucking faking it. He just wanted to do it for... Uh, Jenny? For, uh, just to please the crowd. Yeah, he's doing it for Jenny. Because <laughs> nobody else does anything for that lady in this movie. And that's for damn sure. <laughs> Including <laughs> well, the in case you guys, in case people can't tell, uh, we're going to be talking about Bloodsport tonight. <laughs> the American movie classic that uh, is produced by two Israeli guys starring a Belgian guy in Hong Kong. <laughs> when you say it like that uh, but it also hey, has the USA, most american character ever in it usa makes up for that <laughs> i think jackson is like ten thousand percent american <laughs> yeah i i think um if, if you had to look at this on some sort of scale you see a serious weighting towards uh, uh donald gibbs um playing ray Donald Gibbs character Ray Jackson uh being the most American guy in the world. I don't I think if he had an American flag coming out of his ass in this he would be he could not be more American. <laughs> uh and he is goddamn fantastic. Everything in this movie is fantastic. Uh just spoiler alert. I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> We even said what movie we're watching. We we did say it, right? Uh, I did. I did say Bloodsport. Like we, <laughs> I just I said, this, we just jumped into this so fast, and I'm like, uh, I, I but can't remember. as you reference, this is part of our uh, canon films run. Uh, did 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 we settle on a name? Uh well, we, we established that a very canon Christmas was already taken. <laughs> 
uh, which as you established today, everything is goddamn taken. Yeah, that was the other problem we found was when we started, uh, I started looking up, trying to look up information on um, Canon Films. Turns out there's about nine other podcasts that cover Canon Films. So um, please don't listen to those and listen to this one instead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fuck those guys. (laughs) Yeah, I've never heard of, never never met them, never listened to their episodes, but just in case. Unless they want to invite us onto their podcast, then those guys are awesome and definitely listen to their podcast. Which they might. (laughs) <laughs> they might um but yeah no we're talking about blood sport it's the 1988 i would say classic uh just because it is the movie that yep. launched really well not launched but was definitely responsible for sort of catapulting john claude van damme into uh, outer space as a as an action star and to me this is just one of those movies that was like you could just on a saturday afternoon you could turn on tbs and there's like an 80 percent chance if it wasn't a braves game you're watching blood sport yeah, and that was just like heaven. Like yeah. that was like you felt like you won the lottery when you <laughs> were flipping through channels and it's like a Sunday afternoon and it like it could be anything. It could be it could be like a rom com, which no no like yeah, I like plenty of rom coms. But when you're like thirteen years old and you're going through the channels and you find blood sport, it's just like, well, yeah, the yeah next you watch two Bloodsport. hours of my life I I, I have planned out. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I tried to. Uh, I watched it last night with my wife. Like I talked about in my last episode, she's she was super into it. That's one of the weird things I found out on like our third date uh, was she was super into blood. Not a weird thing, actually. It's a great thing. Um, and uh, uh, last night I was like, our our young our oldest was still awake at it was like nine o'clock, and I'm like, you think he's old enough to watch Bloodsport? <laughs> so I'm like, I just want to get this. I want to get it going. I just want to watch it. And she's looked at me. And she's like, you know, you know, it's not appropriate to watch one sports. So I was like, all right, I'll wait. I'll just, I'll wait until he goes to bed. I was debating the same thing for my kids because uh, my stepson definitely He's thirteen, right? Yeah, yeah. And so watching it this time, I was like, yeah, I couldn't remember if you saw in like the brief like love scene if you saw like nipples or anything, but. Uh, <laughs> spoiler you get more male nudity in this movie than you do female. yeah yeah <laughs> actually you don't get any female nudity it's all no so it's like it's, so, it's just kind of violent but like i don't know he plays uh call of duty so like i think you can watch blood sport if you're playing call of duty yeah i would argue that i i hear more uh curse words in a uh modern warfare <laughs> 2 uh, like uh game room than i do in this movie yeah are you gonna learn from this movie it's friendship. And that you can be a fan of sports teams, even if they're not even in the same sport. I'm, I'm okay with it. I've, I've come around. Everyone always takes it to task on that. And I, I've come around uh, being like, you know what? It's not unreasonable. There are many plausible scenarios I can see. <laughs> I guess that's the I least just, of the problems. <laughs> yeah. Logistically with this movie. I just, I really enjoyed that you thought that you were like, oh, cool. He's wearing like a shitty knockoff of a Lawrence Taylor jersey. <laughs> oh, so talking about coming back around on things. So you were like, well, that's a flashback. So that's actually in the 70s. And I was like, oh, fuck. Andrew's right. And then I was like, yeah, but. I don't think the producers of this movie thought about that. <laughs> oh no, they, you can tell. You can tell all the kids. Yeah, man, we are so deep into this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we. All right, so we, we're gonna be doing this for five hours if we don't. Uh... That's fine. My headphones might give out before that. That's not like, the only downside. If we gotta, uh, yeah. Oh, then you just don't have to hear me then. 
<laughs> that sounds like a win-win for you. I'll just talk. Okay. All right. So uh, what? So I, I think we've done a pretty good job of. Uh, we've done a pretty good job of confusing the shit out of everybody. <laughs> introducing this. Uh, so yeah. So Canon Films. This is late '80s. This is going later into their the Golden Globus run. And yeah, yeah, almost ten years into it. There's a lot of stories, somewhat apocryphal stories of Van Damme um confronting is it uh frank dukes no 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 is it Man- to get to like uh is it maniam globus or golan um that he that supposedly he like w- like did kicks like right in front of his face that impressed him so much uh yeah <laughs> like, outside, get you outside a of a restaurant kid. or something right <laughs> yeah uh, uh which I, we'll talk about frank dukes uh disputes that <laughs> A little bit, but uh, <laughs> it turns out everybody else disputes Frank Dukes. So okay. so, is it, it is, and I it's only gets more interesting. Like the more you dig into it, of of what could be possible. Uh, let's just say the story of Bloodsport is but, based is maybe based on this guy named Frank Dukes, and. <laughs> In the movie, it presents it. In the movie, presents it as this is a story of Frank Dukes. This is a semi autobiographical uh, portrayal of Frank Dukes. And if if you don't recognize that name, you should just remember him as a guy who fought in the Kumite for five years in three hundred and twenty nine matches and held the fastest knockout thirty three (laughs) point two seconds, the fastest knockout punch point one two seconds. And the fastest knockout kick at seventy-two miles an hour. So, so that's who we'll be talking about today is Frank so fucking Dukes. In defense of Frank Dukes, that's from the movie. So that's not. I don't know if that's him saying that. That's the movie saying that. Which I always find it weird. Some are in seconds, and some are miles per hour. Also, <laughs> in like nineteen seventy-eight. Like I, like I know, in for like baseball today, they have these insane camera laser setups where they can measure everything. Didn't have that in 1978. How are they measuring kick speed? Like, uh, well, there's no feasible way they have the kicks, the speed of his kicks. Can Can you imagine if you took like a, a modern Kumite fight and then you just applied like Amazon Web Services to it, like the <laughs> NFL does for stats, and you just get some crazy you get you just get crazy stats of like uh, like uh, Frank Dukes is the um, fastest to do an uppercut from a split uh, <laughs> in between the years of 1980 and 1985. Like that's I feel like that's kind of what it's like NFL type stats that we need to see for the Kumite. I, I would be down for that. <laughs> I yeah, I would actually just love those stats for this for the production of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, uh, uh, pound for pound, how much cocaine was done? <laughs> no, I I think Van even Frank Duke said that this is when Van Dam was clean. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. Uh, it was very complimentary of him at this time uh, in his life. <laughs> I. Uh... <laughs> all right so we're talking about uh it's a movie that's semi-autobiographical or a semi-auto uh biography of a guy named frank dukes who uh, apparently was a karate legend 
uh, whether Army or not special forces, Army special forces, CIA, CIA secret, uh, black op fought guy in underground, like, yeah, yeah, fought in underground uh, fight clubs in Hong Kong. Uh, so this is a movie about uh, Frank Dukes who uh, travels to Hong Kong after going AWOL in the U.S. In the US military <laughs> uh, and has to, on behalf of his Shidoshi, fight for his honor in the Kumite, which is an underground battle that takes place once a year in Hong Kong. Is it once and, a year? Or I thought in the movie they say it's once every five years. Oh, I wasn't paying enough attention. I actually <laughs> did fall asleep when I was watching this last night towards the last 20 minutes. <laughs> My wife kept hitting me. She's just like, how are you sleeping through the end of this? Like, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's it's the entire premise here is uh, uh, this guy, this, this clearly very American guy named Frank Dukes. <laughs> Uh, traveling to Hong Kong to to defend uh, hit the name of his uh, trainer, his Shidoshi uh, Tanaka, to uh, fight in this maybe every year, maybe every five year uh, underground fight called the Kumite, which uh, honestly is just pretty much if you ever want to look at a a, uh, a fighting game from the 1990s, this this movie is basically the the template for. Probably any of those. Like I think this is the the template for Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, right? So Mortal Kombat, they definitely said like this is what they were, what they were doing. They're like, let's take that and make a game. I mean, that's why you have like Johnny Cage, who's basically Van Dam, Frank Dukes, and yeah, uh, and and it's also this is basically Enter the Dragon, but stripping out a, all of the extraneous non-fighting tournament plot points and just really like man this that's, is like a lean 90 minutes of a fighting tournament like that's not fuck around that's just what we're like i mean yeah there's tiny bits here there but there's no like, it's all just the fighting tournament and that's why it's fucking awesome and it I actually uh that's one of the things i think that works really well here is uh there's there's <laughs> Uh, just a handful of movies, I think, action movies. Predator is probably another good example where just sometimes the less exposition and background you give, the better. And I think this has just the perfect amount of you don't know anything about anybody else who's there, other than Van Damme's character, and then that's all you need to know. I don't, I don't need to know. Um, and I love the exposition they use, the little exposition they give of background of everybody training at the beginning. Oh yeah. See the rich guy who's just in the like, looks like he's in San Francisco in a park, just breaking boards, <laughs> like, yeah. sure. it's like jumping into him with his knee. Yeah, and then there's the the uh, African guy who is climbing trees and cracking coconuts. Like that's <laughs> I'm sure that's age well. Uh, and then there's uh, Chung Lee who is just um, destroying blocks of ice. So it's like I love <laughs> I love the, the exposition build up of this because it's it all the characters. Are so much fun to see uh, them just get a few few minutes of, of uh, screen time just to kind of give you a little bit of background that are just crazy enough that you're like pumped by the time you actually get to the Kumite to, to see the fight. And well, and it's really important, I, I think, for what you talked about too. So that it sets them up to see at the Kumite. It's also really important because we're about to get a whole bunch of Frank Duke's backstory that is like D grade movie <laughs> shot acted like but you needed that to pull you in and be like all right i'll stick with this for a while and see where it's going <laughs> i do think uh now that you say that it does feel like a lot of it was shot probably after the fact like an, it was like a like a producer's note like 
hey, uh, we have, there's nothing to string this Shidoshi thing together. <laughs> like, uh, you need to go back and shoot well, about 10 minutes of a kid trying to break into a house. And it also really stands out. I feel all this stuff in Hong Kong, um, particularly the Kumite fights, are, is all pretty well shot and edited. Yeah. And and it doesn't it doesn't feel cheap in the way these like flashback scenes feel kind of cheap. Uh no, and I, I, if you told me a second unit guy went and shot all of the uh all the stuff for the the flashbacks, I would I would believe it. So speaking of second a, unit guys. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about this guy cuz the director's dry patch. The director of this movie? Uh, Is he still alive? No, he, uh, he died of leukemia in 2000. Oh, that yes. sucks. Yeah, <laughs> bit of a downer. So, very, but so it's got New Arnold. He directed three movies one in the 60s, one in the 70s, and this one in the 80s. And normally I feel when and they we were do called like, uh, Bloodthirst, <laughs> hand, yeah. Hands of a Stranger, and Bloodsport. <laughs> yeah, so not like, so normally when we do these, like, this person has this bizarre like personal life and story of like these were things they were financing themselves from like they were like a lawyer or a dentist or like or or independently like inherited money and like did this shit like but no this guy was like a big time hollywood lifer like he won director's guild award for his work on godfather part 2 <laughs> Like you look at his credits, and as as um, second unit director or assistant director, it's just like massive Hollywood productions. And yeah, like some are not necessarily like good movies, but they're big Hollywood studio movies. But like some are like all time classics. And this guy worked for like forty five years in Hollywood, and I really tried uh, to find out how he ended up directing this. And I never could find anything. And I just have to assume it's was like Canon Films. This guy had like an open spot on his schedule. And they just wanted someone who was capable of directing for a certain price. And this guy was willing to do it. I don't know. That's the only thing I can come up with because I. I um, yeah, yeah, I'm looking at his background. I was like one of his first movies is he was a second assistant director in, in the heat of the night. Yeah. And then you jump to the 70s. He's on The Getaway, which was the Peck and Paul one. And then Towering Inferno, Godfather 2, Sorcerer, Cheech and Chong's next movie, <laughs> Blade Runner, War Games. And then he jumps all the way to Blood. Yeah, like his, he's been, yeah, you're right. He was on the, on the Abyss, uh, Last Action Hero, which I don't know if that's a positive one. Um, no, but that's a massive movie. But then he's also like Sorcerer, The Jerk, uh, 16 Candles, The Goonies. Um, Jesus. <laughs> okay. So he's, he was worked. second unit director for Invasion USA. So maybe oh, that's, this guy was. Maybe that's oh. how he got turned. Sorry. He got tuned into Canon Films, and then, but then still during that time, he's doing like you said, he did the the Abyss the year in 1989. Like, um... he was the eye patch <laughs> guy in the bathroom during the Goonies. <laughs> that's who he was because he's got an eye patch. He looks like a yeah. boat captain on his IMD picture, IMDb picture. He looks like he's got an eye patch and like a jaunty cap, and he looks like somebody's going to take you on a fishing charter. <laughs> oh man! And then he, and, but then he's got a '90s run that is just like um, blue chips. My childhood of like uh, 
Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, Ladybugs, the Rodney Dangerfield movie, <laughs> Last Action Hero, Blue Chips, like, and then A Walk in the Clouds, the Keanu Reeves movie. <laughs> hey, this guy, I, I get this guy. I will say this. Uh, I think this guy did a hell of a job with it. Uh, I think that's, well, oh, I think I'm going to jump ahead. Phenomenal but... job directing you, but obviously a talented guy that, I mean, he's working, like, works in Hollywood all the time. He must be incredibly well respected to. <laughs> is this the new Arnold Appreciation Podcast? I think so. I think so. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to jump ahead, and, and I will say while we're talking about him, I, the, there a lot of the you and I were talking about it um, before, but a lot of the the actually not a lot of all of the fighting sequences are really well choreographed. They're all really well shot. They look interesting, uh, yeah. and I think those are. I mean, obviously, the movie's called Bloodsport. Uh, that is the high high point of this movie. Is all of the fight scenes really pay off? Uh, again, they're shot really well from interesting angles. I loved the last fight with um, Chung Lee against Van Dam, and uh, uh, my favorite part of that was just they're shooting from a bunch of low angles, and you have uh, Van Dam doing all these high kicks. So it's just I, I don't I haven't seen a ton of Bruce Lee stuff, but I will say as a kid, I remember this was like a like a holy shit, this is what karate is supposed to look like kind of yeah. kind of moment watching this. No, it is like makes you want to go sign up for karate. <laughs> like yeah. if you're a kid. Like so in that final fight I love, um, they're it like it's like mid fight and uh they do this shot where it's like a panning shot and it goes behind the judges' heads where like it gets obscured a bit every time it passes by one of the judges. But it's at a point where that's just like they've been fighting and now they're kind of like, I don't know, feeling each other out. It's that kind of like a point in the match where they're kind of like established. And it just really ups the tension and is really effective and really gives you a bigger view of like, oh, this is like reminds you. It's not just the two guys. It's like this is like a big event and it makes it it just makes it feel large, makes the movie feel big. Yeah, it gives in a you, way it gives that you a sense of presence. Is surprising for it. Um, I think if you if you gave this to the wrong guy and you and it was still a a Golden Globus canon movie, I could see this being. And yeah, you like, had probably somebody who's less like a less capable actor or, or athlete than Van Damme. This could be really really bad. Well, like they wanted originally the cast uh, Michael Dudenkoff to do like American Ninja. And I don't know if you've seen oh, yeah. any of those. No, we're gonna cover like, that. Don't worry. Yeah, I, uh, but they. Oh yeah, I look. He can maybe it's bad. This guy, that guy's way worse. Right. Maybe now's the time to talk about my love for John Claude Van Damme, but he's significantly better of a screen presence than Dudikoff is. Like, there's a reason why Van Damme went to and a better name, just a better name. Um, (laughs) yeah, there's that. Um, but there's a reason Van Damme went to do like Street Fighter or um Time Cop or like. Like big Hollywood things with like huge budgets, like he's compelling on screen. Like I get he's not a great like emotional actor. He's a little still to like of a physical presence on screen. The way he can move and control his body is very compelling. Well, and I think again that, that to, to your to exactly what you said, uh, this isn't about Van Damme's ability to really act. Uh, they they have Donald Gibb there. Is the he's supposed to be the the punchline for a lot of the jokes and kind of the crazy American, but he does balance out uh, Van Damme's sort of stiffness in terms of how he yes. acts. But I, I was gonna say I 
I think what makes this is like Van Dam. Van Dam looks like fucking goodness. Like the dude is ripped. He is yeah. in prime shape. He he sells all the athleticism of the karate during the fights. I think you even told me he doesn't. There were no stunt doubles for Van Dam in this. That's what I read. For anyone, um, it's all just well, these guys, cheap like, movie, <laughs> super yeah, cheap I movie. Mean, so I'm not surprised. Yeah. but I think I think Van Dam's screen presence was. Uh, uh, just if you keep him moving and keep him keep him doing the kicks, the punches and the splits like that's like his deal. Like that's if you keep him focused on that. And I think that's why Bloodsport works so well is you've got him kind of in his zone for most of the movie. Um, the scenes where he is trying to act, you typically have those being picked up by Donald Gibb as as uh, Ray Jackson or um well, really, pretty much any other character in this movie that are yeah, kind and, of helping elevate uh, the love interest. Like, he's he's more reacting, yeah, in those scenes. So you're given kind of the weight of the scene to someone more a more capable actor, and he's more reacting to what they're bringing. And so it doesn't. So he's okay. He like it doesn't feel awful the way some <laughs> cheesy, <laughs> low budget action films can that there's enough enough there where do you, do you think it hurts his feelings to know that ogre is a better actor perhaps <laughs> <laughs> well which i forgot so, i forgot ogre ogre former uh san diego charger oh wow uh, tur- I mean, turned turned big guy <laughs> no i mean he's huge like, like when you, i saw he, he played pro football i'm like yeah that makes a lot of makes sense, sense when you're that big yeah Spoiler alert, that's who I'm going to cast Carl Weathers as. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to swap one football player for another. I haven't even thought about that yet, I'll be honest. I haven't. I, I forgot to take notes on, on who else to cast as Carl Weathers, but I'll go ahead and throw it out there. that Because oh, this is kind of a perfect movie for yeah. Carl Weathers. It's it's prime uh, prime physical fitness for uh, for Carl Weathers. Yeah. So we're just three, year, <laughs> three years past um, Rocky Fa or four. And then about a year after um, Predator, so he's he's, he's in a, still in his prime. All right, let's dig into this movie a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> We've covered two thirds of it in reverse order, spread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so uh, an accomplished Kumite champion like Frank Dukes, <laughs> and, Andrew. How, how does one become such a fantastic fighter? <laughs> what events in, the, in someone's life would lead lead you down this path? Well, I think you have to be an international man of mystery, or <laughs> I think you have to live in the uh, San Fernando Valley where you just go to tro- trophy stores and you make up <laughs> shit about yourself, and you and you have trophies made to make you look like you're actually a champion of something you're not. <laughs> At least that's what I recall reading about Frank Dukes. Could be so, wrong. I was reading the oral history from um, How Did This Get Made? I think it's Blake Harris um, mm-hmm. who did the doing this. And so like Frank Dukes had a had a defense of it, but it was also so, Defended. so he was like Defended. Little, this trophy. <laughs> so he had a whole thing about like, well, there's a picture of me with this trophy prior to 1982 when they're saying I had it made. With, and they're saying like they have this receipt from 1982, but like they wrote this article in the LA Times after the movie came out. And it's like, like who still has a receipt after like six, seven years? Like that's seems yeah, questionable. And I, I was like, yeah, 
that's a pretty legitimate point of if I went to a local trophy store and was like, I need, did you make a trophy for this guy seven years ago? <laughs> like that seems a little, but I, I don't know, but some stores keep records and stuff, but then, and then I don't know, every time like there was something like that um, with him in this article, then he'd like say something else like kind of crazy that was like well now you've lost credibility again so uh so oh, I, I don't know what to think <laughs> uh so if i understand this correctly i want to make sure i'm clear on this when we talk you are defending or you are on frank duke's side that this is a real uh portrayal of his life oh man i need you to commit it's just Hey, this is almost election time. I need you to commit to one side or the other. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess for the podcast, I should like double down and commit. I think to you it. should be. I think you should admit you you believe this is all real. And I'll <laughs> it's go. It's way more entertaining than I. I don't think he's been portrayed as being like a hundred percent full of shit. <laughs> and I, I, I think, think like he's like seventy percent full of shit. <laughs> Do you think that the whole the whole subplot of it is really that uh, he is the Ray Jackson character and not actually the Frank <laughs> character of this movie? <laughs> He's just the shitty, annoying American guy that uh, everybody can't stand. So that's <laughs> basically the screenwriter. It's like Shane Ledditch. So Dukes really takes him to task. So like this guy fucked him over. But the the writer is basically kind of reading between the lines. Like is like he was kind of like a Jackson guy of like, yeah, he's kind of a weird guy. (laughs) But having met like martial arts people and stuff like they can be an intense bunch that are. Oh, no, I I had a buddy uh, I used to work work with and uh, I think he was, I'm going to probably get this wrong. He was super into Brazilian uh, jujitsu, I think. And he thought it was funny because he was, probably a little bit shorter than me but he was probably about a foot wider and he just thought it'd be fun to go around the office and put me in arm bars during meetings and stuff yeah it's like that kind of shit. It's, like, it's like man like this is shouldn't fun, bother me like, but i'm just like i'm like if you did this to anybody else you'd probably lose your job you can't right. do this shit at work and it's like i don't like i don't want to dislike you but like you gotta stop doing this like like boundaries like, you gotta like no, this guy didn't have any boundaries for that. So, uh, but yeah, but no, I, I, I could, I do think. I hadn't thought about it until just now, but I do, I do think there's a, there's a probably some truth to maybe the Ray Jackson character is a little more Frank Dukes than he'd like to admit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, not like the drunken like no, but like the obnoxious yeah. on women that don't who are not asking for any attention from the guy. Uh, you know, yes, because in this oral history. He says, like, oh, like, they asked him, like, about getting into martial arts. And he's like, thought it'd be a good way to get chicks. And I was like, then you're a fucking moron. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is not a good way to get chicks. I have no problem with people who do martial arts. Like, um, my son did it for a while and then COVID kind of messed that up. But he had a. Uh, really... I thought you told me he, he broke his leg in uh, the Kumite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my, my, when he was six. <laughs> Really, probably shouldn't have put him in the kumite. That's probably a parenting mistake there. 
first round against Chug Lee, it did not go well. It's weird. You only have to be a blue belt to get into the Kumite. So it's kind of oh, no, he had this fucking awesome instructor who was through like the, this like Chuck Norris thing. And he had like pictures on the wall of him with like Chuck Norris and stuff. But he was like super fucking cool uh, and great with the kids. What's his name? Stuff. Aaron Nordis? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was black, so <laughs> hey, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what Chuck Norris has been up to. I'm not ruling it out, but, uh, but no, actually, no. His his um, like mom and sister helped run like the um, dojo. I don't know what to call it, but um, his family was really cool too. Uh, and that, but I guess maybe his mom had sex with Chuck Norris. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, props to him. Uh, no, no. Anyway, like, but he was. <laughs> From what I like related to him, like talked with him and like met him and like was like a normal human being. Like it didn't didn't yeah, seem like yeah. somebody who's like gonna arm bar random people at work and shit. Like no, like, I my I yeah, I'm giving my buddy shit. I, I uh he did it because he thought it was funny, but it was one of those things where where <laughs> just like this is not normal behavior. Yeah. <laughs> What's well, also um, like when people know how to do that stuff, it's incredibly like emasculating, borderline terrifying because oh, yeah. it's like, yeah, thank you. Now I feel fucking helpless. And that's just, like, not a fun way to feel. So I'm used to it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. Do we need, do we, do we need to talk? Womp, womp. Womp. Um. No, but I I think so. Uh, so your wife loves uh, Van Dam, huh? <laughs> she does. Uh, uh, she any does. Uh, she was... any issues with that? <laughs> no, I can't blame her. He looks great. He looks fantastic. <laughs> has, has she met your friend? <laughs> oh yeah, no, she's met him. He does not look like Van Dam. <laughs> not not quite the ass. <laughs> no, no, my friend is European, but he's he's definitely not look like Van Dam. <laughs> <laughs> not the ass of a young Jean Claude Van Dam. No, uh, I don't know if he wears his own flesh-colored uh, underwear like Van Dam does in this, but I, you know, <laughs> let's just talk about it because that that was one of my my favorite parts. Um, not because of the nudity, because that's, that's not why. That's why but, it was uh, one of my favorites. <laughs> hey, well, you know, it's each their own. But uh, I think it was one of my favorite parts of just making me laugh because it's such a weird. The, this man, we are just all over the map on this because, like, to explain this scene, I gotta like go back twenty minutes in the movie. Uh, so Van Dam ends up sleeping with this uh, reporter who is in Hong Kong to try and get a, a uh, an inside scoop on the Kumite. Uh, her her journalistic uh, approach seems to consist of sitting at bars and hotels and just asking people if they're here for the Kumite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, her, is... I will say though, a bunch of people are are hanging out in that hotel lobby and bar talking about the Kumite during the movie. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I know. Like, this is supposed to be like a Fight Club, right? And that, that's what I like in this too. And and yeah. everybody in fucking Just Kumite talks about it all again. It. The American like, hey, military knows fight. about it. The CIA knows about it. Like, <laughs> Felix Leiter knows about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so I, I, going back to Van Damme's uh, nudity, um, it feels like something he asked them to shoot. So after they hook up, which I I thought too was really funny when they were having dinner together. Um, and so after Van Damme rescues her from, I think he's supposed to be Iranian. Oh, it's and all he, over the map in that yeah, scene. I, the, the yeah, actors, I yeah. Uh, I think he's supposed to be Iranian, but the guy looked like he might be Asian. So it's very yeah, confusing. It's like, like what they're trying to go for. 
And uh, he, he calls Van Damme the American asshole. <laughs> uh, so Van Damme goes to dinner with the, the with Jenny, the reporter. And she Which suggested also, she would go to bed with him. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. No, he calls him an American asshole. But what evidence does that guy have to call Van Damme American? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because on, on voice alone, he is not American. Yeah. <laughs> French Canadian is the closest he might be to being from North America at the, at the very closest. Um, I mean, I guess yeah. he's white. So, <laughs> Well, that's not good. That's not a good reason to talk to East American. Okay. So I'm going to go with the tactic. He thought he was European and was like really big insult. I'm going to call this guy an American asshole. Well, the joke is on you. I am an American <laughs> Oh yeah, that was terrible. Um, uh, but no, I, I, it just cracks me up that uh, Van Dam goes to bed with her with this <laughs> yeah. beautiful reporter, and you think it's going to be this setup if they're going to have because it's the eighties, it's a canon movie, they're going to have all yeah. this female yeah. nudity. Nope, she wakes up and she rolls over and she's smiling and watching Van Dam slowly pull on his <laughs> yeah, and it's shot where his like butt is lit in profile <laughs> by yeah. like a sunrise. Look, it's don't like get me wrong. That, that actress, beautiful. Van Damme, better body. <laughs> That's definitely uh, subjective. Um, uh, I mean, if, you, if you're going for somebody for best body to compete in Kumite, he gets it hands down. I would, I'll give that. But it, I, it, know, there's a part well, of me that feels like in like a naked woman with like a great body. It's like it's it's captivating, and Van Damme is captivating. It's more, it's more captivating. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like. It's a, it's impressive. Would you, uh, would you reshoot the movie Body Double with Van Damme as the Body Double? Sure. Let's do it. Okay, perfect. Great, good, great, great, <laughs> wonderful. But yeah, so, I, that that, that so tomorrow morning we're meeting up to do that. Yeah, okay. I think he's free. I think he's got some time on his hands, so he probably would do it. Yeah, let's go. You think Craig uh, Craig Wassner is available? <laughs> I do. I do think he's available too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I, I I I just enjoyed that um that entire angle of like this sort of romantic romantically shot male nudity for one person. It's just like okay, it just feels very out of out of character for a canon movie. Oh but, uh, yeah, it, but it's in a weird way. It's like it's part of what makes this movie endearing and to carry on through all these years of. It's just a different choice than is going on at other times in movies like this. Um, and well, it also was what makes it like a Van Damme movie. Yeah, it, it feels like he went to Newt, Newt Arnold and he was like, hey, can you <laughs> shoot me like this? For this? Yeah, <laughs> it's for the ladies. Um, well, all right. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of um, uh Frank's moves. Do you want to talk about the training montage? <laughs> because that's also one of oh, my favorite I parts. definitely do. <laughs> I think we both had the same note that we want to build a dojo slash um, what looks to be a torture rack in our backyard. <laughs> <laughs> so young, <laughs> young Frank Dukes is apparently running with a rough crowd, like kids who wear Bartles and James t-shirts that's to it, school. Fucking Bartles and James kid. That's what. That's what did it. <laughs> Yeah, so he's breaking into a house with these kids. Um, 
and they see like a sword and the other kids like bail when they hear a noise and he's going to put the sword back or is like captivated by it or, um, but basically this leads him to um, the Japanese owner of the house and his son confront him. uh, And that's who ends up training him. And then, so, okay. So does the son die in the Kumite? That's what I couldn't tell. Uh, I thought so. I don't know if I'm conflating this with like kickboxer and trying to put that motivation onto it. I, uh, without looking it up, I'm just going to say yes. And that that's part of the, uh, the motivation is I think it's the way it works was like the Shidoshi Tanaka who, who's, uh, Van Damme's instructor in this. I think he gets an invitation and his, his, his son goes and is killed in a Kumite. And then when he gets another invitation, um, Van Damme goes to basically uphold and, and honor his name. That yeah, was how I, I, just, I justified right. it. Right. And I don't, I, I was trying to watch for it and I was like, I don't feel it's there, but do I keep just missing like one little line that's saying this guy went to the Kumite and died? And um, yeah, I'm fine pretending that's, that's, or just saying that's how it went down. I'm, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, according to, deadinfollies.com uh, Tanaka's son gets himself killed in the underground Kumite fight and okay. uh, that motivates um, uh, Frank Dukes to, to, to go battle uh, in the Kumite I mean, that makes which, sense. which probably means that like the, what they're implying is that oh I get it the last guy that he, he killed in the Kumite was probably uh, Tanaka's son when they Chung referenced Lee. it Kills. Yeah, Chung, yeah, Chung Lee. Sorry, yeah, yeah. When Chung Lee, they say Chung Lee kicked the guy in the throat and watched him die. That's <laughs> uh, not on why it's funny, uh, <laughs> but it's weird. So it's weird they never reference that again. No, they, they have a good opportunity there. to set up a revenge story, and they don't pay it off. Instead, he has to revenge uh, Red Jackson. <laughs> yeah, they, I I would argue there's more of a love affair between Ray Jackson and Frank Dukes than there is uh, Dukes and, and the reporter. Oh, there's Jay. something there. <laughs> I they fall in love in like two days. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's and, more. And, then, and that's the. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. No, their relationship is more unbelievable than if like after the Kumite, Frank and Jenny got married. <laughs> of how quick things happen. <laughs> like, I just. Uh... I kind of feel like they, if they bond, uh, Ray Jackson is like, well, you said it pretty well. He's a guy you want to hang out with like once a year at best. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, at the I Kumite. Like, it's like, okay, yeah. We're go- oh, yeah. Every year we go to the Kumite, hang out with my buddy Ray. It's awesome. Nah, Ray, you don't need to come visit me and my family. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like that. No, we don't come to Belgium. Don't come to Belgium. <laughs> I, uh, I, I think. I think that uh, that's probably my, my favorite angle of just at the end of this. Uh, well, one, I, I like that uh, uh, Ray Jackson, you could argue, is the bad guy in, in terms of everybody else's perspective in this movie because it yeah. opens with him uh, drinking openly in the streets of Hong Kong, <laughs> uh, sexually harassing uh, a, a civilian woman just sitting on a bus. Uh, wanting to beat the shit out of Van Damme because he beat him in a lobby video karate video game, and then when he goes to the Kumite, he shit talks 
every single fighter yeah. <laughs> the entire time. And at the end, they love each other. They say, they say I love you to each other. And yeah, it's, <laughs> it's insane. Like, right. But it works. I don't know how, but it works. Uh, I think I think it's all Gib. It's all Donald Gibb selling that there's some genuine emotion and feeling behind it. I mean, like, to his credit, like, and, and my wife was even saying it last night, like, he he's he's funny enough in all the scenes that like it makes it fun and then when he needs to he actually can't act up enough to yeah to sort of elevate a, a scene an emotion a more emotional scene with van damme because van damme's so you can see van damme's trying to be so wooden in all of this <laughs> yeah yeah that's true uh, so my theory on the two of them why you kind of buy it is because Everything you see, there are these two guys who are completely dedicated to this like fighting lifestyle. And then they kind of bond over like playing this video game together and this random little shenanigans around <laughs> the Kumite. And, but it's like, I don't know, they're so intense into this fighting. So it's like, yeah, I bet they have a hard time making friends and keeping friends who understand <laughs> what they're doing. So like yeah, you can see like oh this guy gets me. This is amazing. I have a friend. I haven't had a friend forever. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I think you're right. Do, do you think I'll throw a theory out there for you for 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 friends of Frank Dukes? Do you think that uh, Frank Dukes is a cover name and that he's <laughs> actually Colonel William Guile? Um, and, and this is the this is the prequel to him joining the Allied Nations to go fight. <laughs> Your Allied Don't tell Nations. Tell me it's not. You know, I'm right? Me. You know this is. You know this is a legitimate. Uh, this is a legitimate uh, avenue this could take. So are we? Are we waiting on a Street Fighter Two where um, Bolo Young is M Bison? <laughs> I want like a double impact situation, except instead of it being like a, a gun runner uh, Van Dam, it's Frank Dukes versus Colonel William Guile. That's what I want. Ooh, I like it. So, speaking of double impact, we need to, we need to do that movie at some point. Oh, we will. We will. Is All it? Right. A, it's not. A, it's not, well, we can't do Kinect. We already picked the movies, but uh, <laughs> uh, I don't think it's a. Um, speaking of nudity, because that movie has a lot of unnecessary nudity. <laughs> Um. Yeah, we want to watch. We should watch that. It's also a, another uh, Van Damme back in Hong Kong movie. Oh, that's right. It's weird. Yeah. Like his, he, he has a lot of movies that are set in like Southeast Asia and like trying to tie him back to that area. Even though he is very like, it's like a Western. I wonder Western if it's bridge. because they just want people for him to do martial arts with, and so that's yeah, like, we'll be. put him here, and that's believable. We can <laughs> American audiences will believe all Asian people know martial arts. <laughs> well, it turns out that's actually a great stereotype that was that was rampant in the 1980s. Yeah, so, whereas like he can't just be in like Cincinnati and encounter people who know kung fu, <laughs> but drop him that's in Hong Kong. I disagree. <laughs> 1980s gangs. There's always at least one Asian guy in every movie who knew karate. He was always again, like the last, second, Asian. the last guy you had to fight. And that was always yeah. like the the setup for it. Uh, so I, th I think actually the uh, the guy who's the screenwriter for this for Bloodsport is also the guy who directed um, uh, directed Double Impact. So Sheldon uh, Ledich. 
like Shane, but I don't know. But yeah, that would sounds about right. Close enough. <laughs> so, um, so we're supposed to be talking about his training. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> so initially, his training starts as a kid. This guy brings him, and he just wants like a sparring partner for his kid. And basically, he's just like getting this guy. He's like, "Yeah, get my kid." Like beat the shit out of you to learn all the all I have to teach him about martial arts, um, and then eventually, as you know, as is predictable, Frank Dukes wins him over, and I. But it's really after his son dies. Yeah, I think so. It, is the timeline like starts training as a kid? They become like. Borderline adults. This yeah, kid they... goes off to the Kumite, is killed. Frank comes back and convinces him, train me, and I'm going to go to the Kumite in several years. I think that's it. I think, that, I think okay, that's, that's yeah. it. Because they set up their, their friendship when Van Damme's character, <laughs> young Frank Dukes, uh, stops, stops <laughs> uh, Tanaka's son from being bullied at school. Uh, and and that was like the, I think it's implied that's jump starting their friendship, which in turn is the justification that he comes back for the funeral and then convinces the Shidoshi to to train him, and that's why he. Uh, I think that's I think that's like they don't do a great job explaining that, but I think that's yeah. <laughs> that's I don't I don't mind it because they're, they're communicating it a lot visually, and they're not you're putting together the emotional beats of the story and they could like ham handedly do the exposition and tell you, but you don't need that. You know, you like they're quickly communicating like he's friends with this kid, this something happens and now he's this dad's training him and like you, you get what you need out of it. It's I, I would actually say it's pretty good filmmaking that you understand it on an emotional level and can fill in the gaps intellectually if you want, but that's not necessarily, that's not really necessary for the story. Like you get like this guy. Uh, Yeah. That's fair. I do. I do like, um, I do think that's, that's again where the movie's strength is, is they don't spend a lot of time telling you stuff. They show you just enough visually to, to keep the movie moving forward and give you enough context for it to make sense. And I think that that's a sign of why this movie works really well is you get enough you get enough to be invested in Dukes. You get enough to make the rest of the characters interesting, but they don't waste. I mean, this is like a hour 30 minute movie, right? They don't waste any more time with trying to give you stuff. that's not relevant to, all right, he's here. He's here for the fight. And I actually kind of like that. The opening is there's no real like credit scrawl. It's just, them setting up for the kumite and it's this yeah. this i think it's in the i think it's called the what is it the kowloon hidden city i think now, i'm probably gonna get that name wrong but it was it's not there anymore but it's like where the kumite is supposed to take place mm-hmm. it's just them setting up it's like it's like a procedural of like okay this is how they're gonna sweep the floor this is how they're gonna put the scoreboards out this is how they're gonna do all this stuff and it's like okay cool it's a great way to just prep you and then you get you get about 20 minutes of Duke's crap and then you're straight into fights and but stuff going on in Hong Yeah, it's Kong really 90 minutes or like 80 minutes building towards the final fight. 
and then like it's always they get that goal in mind and yeah it's, it's, that's why it's so rewatchable enjoyable that like it's just head in it's got a good momentum to it yeah and i i uh i love watching all the guys they I, they pay off and actually i'm gonna give you shit about this because you and i are talking <laughs> about this about paying stuff off they pay off everybody they show is in terms of their fighting getting their asses kicked and i i were you're you got way upset about like why is he having to do all this shit blindfolded well guess oh. what they pay that shit off <laughs> oh i was very... joking <laughs> oh okay all right well then never mind well no i brought that up because it's it's like an 80s um something you see a lot see? in 80s movies and training montages or like is it the karate kid thing where it's like i'll have you wax my car and that's going to teach you how to fight um and different things like that where it's like these random tasks they have you do that then will like later pay off in the movie and this is like that to the most ridiculous extreme oh it pays off let me have you serve tea to my wife and i completely blindfolded (laughs) and that is gonna make you a better fighter (laughs) i uh I think that was a mistake on Tanaka's part because I'll tell you this, Mrs. Tanaka is hot for Van Damme after that <laughs> She looks super turned on by Van Damme serving tea. I don't know. I mean, I was I was pretty turned on. Um, <laughs> no, I, I uh, the training stuff too. I think Tanaka beats the shit out of him, like. <laughs> He does. I did have a trainer who did something similar to that. I mean, they may not beat me with a stick, but like he would do stuff where he would like, all right, it's going to ab exercise. It's like, all right, you tighten up your core and I'm going to push. And you got to try and plant yourself as hard as you can on this um, basu ball to balance yourself. And I'm going to try and push you. And your job is to basically use your core strength to stabilize your muscles to like keep yourself steady and, and not fall off. And I'm like, okay, all right. So you. <laughs> But so, like, so you're you're fighting in the did next not hit you this, I'm gonna fight next to me today. Uh, I'm gonna get my ass kicked in the first round. So. <laughs> Li, eighty year old Chung Li is gonna kill you. But <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that for a second. So I, Ann and I were watching it, and she was just like, up when they do like some close ups of, of Chung Li, um, played by Bolo Young, who's you'll see a lot. I think he was in a bunch of Bruce Lee movies in the in the seventies, yeah. and then um, he was a good bad guy foil for van damme in a couple of movies like he's he is the the main baddie and uh um uh this and also double impact and she's like man he looks really old and i was like he, she's like he looks like he's 50 and i was like no, that's and i was like how old is bowling young so i'm like i didn't think he's that old motherfucker was born in 1938 he was 50 when they made this movie which i think is crazy for how good a shape he i mean like yeah i'm 10 years younger than he was when he made this and I am one eighth the shape that he was probably in for this role. It's crazy. And he has fucking pecs the size of like giant frying pans. Like I don't I don't even know what to oh, compare him to. He loves them. Yeah. He loves them. He, flex he is the like shit out flexing of those things. He is he is popping them left yeah. and right. I feel like he could probably have carried on a fight with just his pecs like beating somebody up in the face, like punching him <laughs> in the face. So I, 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 but yeah, so Bolo Young to me was like a great bad guy. It's funny that he's so poorly dubbed whenever he, his character does talk by some weird sounding American. Uh, but, but, uh, definitely like a great bad guy for this. I wish there was a sequel where Bolo Young actually comes back and fights 
fights uh, Dukes again. Do you think? Uh, do you think that Chung Lee is juicing? <laughs> That's a good question. He's so uniquely built, but he's also like when he pumps his arms to try to cheer the crowd on. It's so awkward and muscle bound <laughs> that part of me is like, yeah, like I don't think he is because he's like so solely focused on building up like these individual parts of his body at the expense of other things. Um, yeah, it's true. You think he's got I don't legs? know, but on the other hand, it's like you know the 80s <laughs> so easily yeah. he's then you say he's 50 years old it's like yeah maybe 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 this isn't a natural look for a 50 year old <laughs> yeah so funny um uh, i after we recorded the uh our intro for the it's like the canon films what we're doing here i went to go check because uh, a, a lot of my dvds are still in storage at my parents um as you know it's <laughs> hard to find places for like 800 dvds <laughs> <laughs> um, and stuff so that tie like um i'll like grab some sometimes when i'm over there of that if there's something i want or like but um and then i gotta like then find where to put it and so yeah it, but it, it, you know it's a process um <laughs> uh and i probably just need to grab them all so they don't have to deal with them being in their house and figure it out but anyway i i was really make sure i have blood sport over here uh, so I went and looked through. I was like, oh, yeah. Um, yep, Bloodsport. All right, there we go. And I like looked at the back. I was like, ah, I don't see anything about a commentary. That's too bad. But I was like, all right, good to go. So this week came. I was like, all right, I got to watch Bloodsport. Let me pull it out. Uh, and I went. I was like, I was like, where is it? And I, I was like, oh, oh, I think that's it. And I pulled it out. It was not Bloodsport. It was a DVD two-pack. One of the movies <laughs> is called Blood Fight. But it's a two-pack DVD because they both are movies featuring Bolo Young. <laughs> I, I wish you. I feel like you probably just could have watched those and you'd still be prepared for this movie. Yeah, and I, 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 if I remember from watching them, he doesn't really talk in those, and it's basically just the same role as this movie, just in like a different kind of environment of <laughs> just the bad guy who <laughs> the good guy yeah, gonna I, have to I, fight. <laughs> I'm not knocking him. I like him. I oh, like I, him. I, fucking I, like love him. him. And, uh, um, I think he's the perfect bad guy. And uh, <laughs> I both had the comment. I don't know why, but it's so funny to me of like he, the, one of like the most telling things about his character that he just does not give a shit about anybody is he just blows <laughs> giant snot rockets before every fight. He's Everywhere. Like, <laughs> disgusting. I mean, I, I'm assuming they didn't have a guy who swept the ring until he started fighting in the Kumite and people are like, Enough's enough. There's fucking snot rockets all over the place here. <laughs> you're on bolo booger duty. Yeah. <laughs> um I uh yeah, I I uh I think he's the perfect villain for this. They don't again I don't I don't want any backstory. Like I don't need to know any backstory other than just he's no he's it's enough. He, he's like, evil and, it and would like only he, make it worse to have any yeah. backstory. That's the that's the beauty of this movie is like it lets your brain it gives you just enough for your imagination to extrapolate a backstory or like a story on these people. Uh, yeah. But, that, you, like, but that's also where they screw up too for, for, uh, for Ray Jackson, because he has zero interaction with Bolo Young. And then he fights one guy. <laughs> he's like, I'm coming for you. 
I'm coming for you. And he starts doing like WWF style, like shit talking into the crowd, into to Bolo Young. And, and Bolo Young's just like, what? <laughs> like, what you oh, mean? I totally <laughs> bought it. Cause like, he's like, oh, I know that's like the big guy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a crazy like, fucker. So that's a, like, uh, I'm going after him. <laughs> well, guess what? It doesn't work. And actually, you no, know I think about it. It does work. <laughs> yeah. It's just Jackson's just too stupid <laughs> to stop taunting him after he beats him up or kicks him down in one time. And so he goes around the ring screaming and then he turns around and gets kicked in the chest and <laughs> basically loses the match. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jackson. Jackson, you, you drunk asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you think Jackson was drunk during that fight? <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. He's drinking beer in the hospital at the end of this. I'm like, that guy has a serious, like, Jackson's probably not alive two years after this movie takes place in the universe of this film. <laughs> like, he's got like real problems when he gets back to the United States. Like going yeah, to the Kumite that's and getting little... his ass kicked is yeah. probably like a vacation from his normal life. <laughs> like, <laughs> not, like not he's, he's he does not have a good existence. So you don't think he's like a lawyer in like Portland? <laughs> I think it would be hilarious if he was, but no, I think he, I think. Best case, he's got like a smoking the bandit type of type of life where he's like the uh, the Jerry Jerry Reed type where he's actually driving the truck. But uh, worst case, he's probably like uh, a slum lord or something like that. Like he's got just a horrible life in the United States. All right, we still we still haven't gotten to the training. So one of the things Van Dam has to do in his training is grab like fish a goldfish yeah yeah it's a koi it's a koi fish out of a pond um so uh they do pay that off they do in the bar the, scene where uh the they, he fights for jenny's honor japanese the... iranian muslim <laughs> I, indian questionable, i'm not sure nationality guys are harassing yeah harassing jenny the love interest um and this is their meet cute <laughs> Oh, yeah, it is. Where Van Dam is like, is like, oh, we can't fight. We'll get kicked out of the Kumite, um, which is funny. Like, we'll get kicked out of the secret underground fighting thing if we fight. Um, so nobody talk about it, and everybody proceeds to talk. Yeah. About it. Uh, so he puts a quarter in his hand. He's like, if I grab the side of your hand before you can close it, like, the girl comes with me. Um, and then he doesn't move, or he like doesn't just grab it out. He switches coins on him. Um, which is obviously a payoff of uh, being able to grab a, uh, a koi fish out of a pond. My question is, though, he ties him up in this crazy rope thing where his, like, it's his, like giant blocks and it's through these trees and it like forces him into like a split where he's then going to like use his strength to pull stuff up. I guess the splits are has how that pays off. Is that like because that I one guess doesn't? I think the the, the implication. I think that's the implication is like that's how he gains his flexibility. <laughs> that's why his splits are so powerful. <laughs> okay. I guess I, I'm game. That, that that whole scene is so weird to me because it has this like 90, 80s, 90s softcore porn soundtrack to it, and it's almost like this <laughs> in erotic scene in lighting between. Um, Duke's being nearly split in half by these ropes, and then Tanaka looking very aroused while he's watching the whole thing take place. You're just like, what the hell is this? I think you might that, be projecting a little bit. Yeah, it's probably true. No, it's definitely true. It's 100% true. <laughs> 
I, uh, but no, it, it's that whole, the whole training montage and it culminates in that. And it's like, that's the indicator is like somehow Dukes is able to use his core strength between his arms and his legs being fully extended to retract it back into himself and, and rip out of the, uh, out of, uh, rip, rip the, uh, support struts out of, out of these these wood panels that are holding him up, holding yeah. him up. it's just such a weird like it, it's it, it's what you said earlier it's just like this is like in the 80s this is like yep now you're ready now you've done what you need to and it, that really is the moment of him being ready <laughs> it is and like that punctuates the the whole training montage which <laughs> is like, uh okay <laughs> has there been a training montage since that or before that 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 uh, uh you would argue is better it's better. Yeah. I mean, Rocky. Any Which of one? them. Any of them. <laughs> Rocky 3, Rocky 4. I'll give you Rocky 3. I'll give you Rocky 1. <laughs> oh, those would be the obvious. Um, but 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 not since. Um, no, not since. <laughs> that, that's right. top. <laughs> those are so the three argue... best. Haven't been top since. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've not had a good training montage. In about 40 years. <laughs> uh, no, I'd have to think about it a little more. But I, I really think those training montages peaked so hard in the 80s. Anything after almost has to be like commenting on it. Like it's uh, self-referential at that point. It's almost meta yeah. at that point, trying to trying to come back on the... Like it uh, became so cliche, you couldn't... You had to do it in a like, tongue-in-cheek or a satire or a... Or something I feel like it, I feel like it fucked me up as a kid though because I feel like as a kid it, it made me think oh yeah you don't actually have to work that hard you just have to do like yeah. 10 minutes of actual like cool stuff and all of a sudden you're going to be the best fighter in the world so I feel like <laughs> no, I, do, I do get that sometimes like working out of like all right if I just do like really intense like a few things for like 20 minutes like I should be like yeah. fucking good to go <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go compete for Mr. Olympia because I worked out yeah. for really hard for about two hours. <laughs> it's like, wait, what do you mean I have to do this every day <laughs> for eight hours a day for yeah. for seven years before you're actually ready <laughs> and not eat carbs? <laughs> that's probably the hardest. I think that's where I'm gonna struggle the most is not yeah. eating carbs. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> okay, I uh, oh, please go. I was gonna say, I think we finally get through the training montage. <laughs> Only took us an hour. <laughs> it was worth it. We did touch on every other scene in the movie, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's because the montage plays into almost every other the training montage plays into almost every other scene in this movie. I mean, it, it's everything he learns in that 10 minute window of the movie is like applicable to every other part of his life for the duration of like his this movie. It's bizarre. <laughs> Uh, it's called good filmmaking, Andrew. <laughs> that is true. That's true. <laughs> Jesus, read a fucking script writing book. I'm sorry, I've, I've never have, and that's why I never, I'll never make a movie because I clearly <laughs> don't know how to write no. a movie. Yeah. So, Jenny, the reporter, what what's 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 her end game here? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know other than she's going to get a scoop on the Kumite, but if yeah. I had to guess... Where, where is she shopping this scoop to? Because in the real world, this scoop goes to Black Belt Magazine. <laughs> is that really what it's... Is that really what it's supposed to... That's who like broke the Frank Dukes 
story originally. I I feel like this is like in the 1980s where like everybody had this idea that journalism was probably more noble than it is today, perhaps. And uh, I think if I'm doing work for the movie, she was like a Time reporter or something like that, or like a like a like a Life magazine reporter, and she's doing like a like a expose on the on the whole Kumite. Um, that's giving a lot of credit. If I had to, if I had to judge this movie from the outside uh, of just not and not loving it, this movie hates women as far as I can tell. <laughs> because I, there's two there's I, two women in the entire movie. One is a woman who does not speak and is sexually harassed by by Donald Gibbs. Yeah, and the second is Jenny, who oh, wait, wait, wait. She needs Mrs. To... T- Mrs. Oh. Tanaka. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, so I have the three women in this movie. Two of them are hot for Van Damme, and one of them is just an, an unfortunate victim to Donald or to to Ray Jackson's advances. Got it. I, I, I would say it may even be worse than hating women and just being completely indifferent to them as human beings. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, that's a, probably another way to say it too. Yeah, it's um, just like they just make Jenny seem like such an idiot the whole time. I'm just like, and it, which I, she, thing, she is clearly like the most intelligent person in the movie, but definitely more intelligent than the FBI agents. Which I can't no wait to other talk about those like no other character like treats her with that like respect. She, there is no level of respect that's that's yeah. given to her, and I would argue that even the romance between her and. Um, um, Van Dam is completely undone at the end when he tricks the FBI or the CIA agents <laughs> or whatever the hell they are, yeah. and he's on the airplane, and then she gets off the fucking bus by the airplane. She's clearly not on that flight. Yeah, it's not. And like, he just and he just like salutes to her. It's like, see you later. Like, Thanks for the sex. I'll yeah. see you later. <laughs> Jesus. It's like now, it's the most from demeaning. her character, I maybe find that plausible. Like, what is she gonna marry this moron? <laughs> well, then don't set it up to be such a big romance. Like, that's what they try and do. Is they now, try he and should be like heartbroken, <laughs> kind of like, yeah, because she 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 indicates that she's willing to do whatever she can to get the story, and then she makes her way into Kumite after he he denies her access, or he's not gonna help, he's not gonna facilitate her getting into the Kumite. So I think she goes undercover as a as a sex worker to to get into the Kumite, seems and then like that it. seems to seems like it hurts Van Damme's feelings, but then he's just like, "All right, peace." When this thing's over, like two days later, like it was, it was fun. Then she, yeah, she's in Jackson's hotel room at the end. Like they seem like this is going and somewhere. She's talking about how she doesn't want him to fight because she cares for him. Right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's the biggest flaw. That she's so upset, she goes to the police to get them to stop him from fighting because she cares so much yeah, for him. It's... And then she just like pieces pieces out at the end of the movie, like no thanks, I'm done with you. <laughs> is it her or is it Van Dam? Because it, it, it kind of the way they set up is Van Dam's like, well, I have to go back to the army now, so I see you later. Which he legitimately does. <laughs> he does. Um... So I, I uh, well, all right. So I, I just, I just, I felt bad as an adult now watching it for, for Jenny's character. Cause you're like, wow, there's really only one woman of consequence in the entire movie. Yeah. And her role is, it's not, is, is pretty demeaning in terms of like what, what they do with it. On the other hand, she's 
out on assignment, meets this hot guy who's great in bed, has a good time with him, and then the guy just has to bail, and she's like free again and can go continue on with her career. So maybe it was a great time for her. Well, I mean, in fairness, Van Damme's probably going to be uh, dishonorably discharged. <laughs> yeah, court martialed and like have a <laughs> probably go to Fort Leavenworth for a while. So. I don't know. They make a big deal about how much money Uncle Sam has spent on him. <laughs> That's, I really wish they spent more time trying to explain what Duke's uh, uh, role in the military is because they make a big deal out of it. And uh, um, to the point that they know he's before he even leaves, they know there's an issue for the Kumite. And they send a guy to basically bring him to the, the base captain who in turn watches him take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> or should have watched him take a shower. Or done a better job watching him take a shower. That's the yeah. this whole movie, man. What the hell? Ah, <laughs> oh, it's so I, uh, good. <laughs> it, uh, it is so. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, make sure not, I switched AirPods so I don't completely drain out the other one. Okay. Um, I uh, yeah, so I, I feel bad for Jenny's character this because it's really not a well well written role. But it feels like it's about on par for for pretty much any character, any any female character in like a. 80s yeah. canon movie. Honestly, for an we should she 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 sadly may be a one of the better female characters from I think she is a canon. I think movie. she is. I was gonna say I know we're gonna cover Invasion USA at some point uh, in this series. Yeah. There's a female reporter in that that uh, Chuck Norris has to get out of a couple of uh, uh, bad situations in Invasion USA. So I, I'm curious. We should come back to it to see how. To that archetype of female reporter yeah. like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh you you hit on a little bit i i don't have a ton to say just it's an interesting point of um the cia agents who have been sent to track him down are forrest whitaker and felix Leiter from diamonds are forever <laughs> yeah so it's uh a forrest whitaker and a guy named norman uh burton who played felix Leiter from from diamonds are forever um weirdest characters in this entire movie probably even even because it's like you have uh, Forrest Whitaker who seems to take his job very seriously uh and he's super young you have this older guy uh Helmer who or Himmler or whatever his name is uh who uh could seem to give a shit less about everything like anytime something goes wrong he's like whoa well oh well and so I mean it ends with uh uh them being disarmed by Van Damme and they're just basically like, well, fuck it. I guess we'll just go watch the Kumite. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just arrest you after. They, their storyline really runs out of steam where they just accept that. Like, <laughs> I guess Van Damme's doing this. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you rascal Van Damme. Uh, I, I did like that, that their, their big weapons in this were uh, 50,000 volt tasers. tasers. Yeah. I remember my grandparents had like in like the early '90s had a flashlight that looked just like that, and it's like that's all I ever think about. Is it looks like just like a <laughs> like a crazy rechargeable flashlight, but uh, it never really pays off. I think my favorite part of the CIA agents chasing or whoever they are chasing uh, Van Dam is they have like a Mentos style commercial. Oh, I love that scene so much. Where um, uh, they're chasing. I can't remember what the setup for it was. I think he was having lunch with the, the reporter and then uh, he takes off and it's just like him doing these comically weird pauses. You said it really well. 
Van Damme should be like a silent film actor. Yes. Because of like his physicality. All of his physicality in this is like he is big pantomime, like just yeah, big physical acting. Overacting of, like, oh, okay. and like yeah, but like, his body can like move so well, like it kind of works, but <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's that's like it's like shooting a like a nineteen like a late nineties Mentos commercial. It reminds me of like the Foo Fighters did it in Big Me, the yeah. music video for Big Me, and it's like that level of like parody of a Mentos commercial. For and there's like story. five times where Van Damme could like pull out the Mentos and like smile with it, like yeah. Hey, the fresh maker. <laughs> um, and then it ends, of course, with these two guys comically falling into the into the bay. Uh, uh, on the waterfront in Hong Kong, <laughs> and then Van Dam, of course, escapes. And then I don't know. It's like I, uh, Himmler, Helmer. What is his name? Um, Helmer. Uh, it's just like he just does not give a shit what happens to his life. And it's like, well, I guess I can't do anything about this guy doing this. So I'm just gonna fucking give up on my job and whatever. <laughs> it's just weird. It's like I don't understand what these characters are here for. Uh. In theory, their job is to facilitate Van Damme's departure back to the U.S. Yeah, military. I, but like, you it, could kind of do that. The movie really them. wouldn't be much different without them. No. And, and it's like, weird he could just be Forrest an army Whitaker, guy who's in Hong yeah. Kong to fight in this tournament, and like nothing really changes, other than no, this, this like slapsticky silent movie it, style chase scene. I mean, maybe I would miss it if it wasn't in the movie, but I'm like, I'm gonna go look right now because now, now, now I'm like, no. So I so doing some research scratching. on this, it was funny. The number of things I read, um, were like, this isn't a perfect movie. It has like, you know what? I disagree. This is a perfect movie, not in the way that like you'd say like I don't know, like Citizen Kane's a perfect movie, but in the sense that I wouldn't go tug it on any strings on this movie because. <laughs> I think it could all fall apart really fast and just for this. Yeah. Something I, I, of the momentum, the scenes, like it combines into like lasting for like 35, 40 years being super rewatchable. And yeah, uh, it's just, it no, works no, you should, yeah, you, you should not touch this movie. I, I, I agree. It's just, it was funny to me that like Forrest Whitaker is almost at this point in his career, like too good to be in this because this is after yeah, he was not too far fast times yeah no he, he did fast times at ridgemont high about six years before and then he did um two years before this he was in good morning or no he's in good morning vietnam the year before and before that he was in platoon and the color of money and it's like he's just too good of an actor to be in this <laughs> like it's just weird but he still hasn't quite gotten yeah it's, yeah he's not still there like, he's not like he's not forrest whitaker yet this is like point, four or five years i think before the crying game so yeah he's yeah, still yeah. kind of like probably needs looking for consistent work to keep doing stuff and like yeah it's but he's that's, getting so close that's something i want to talk about which blew my mind i've seen it in a couple different places i'm, a, I'm gonna go out and assume it's correct but Van Damme only made $25,000 for this movie, which seems bananas. I believe that because the budget was like $1.1 million, and he wasn't anybody at this time. No, he had done a few low-budget movies, but remember this is also yeah. after he turned down Predator. I think we talked about it in the movie, in the episode we've not released because <laughs> it was our very first one. <laughs> but that was to be like the guy in the suit and stuff. Like, so. No, I know. I know. But I think, I think that was the story was like he... He was there was a thought that he may have purposely tried to get fired from Predator after he realized 
his face wasn't really going to be on screen. It was so he could get shit canned to basically go do this movie. So, and so speaking of things you can't verify, I was seeing a lot of stuff saying this movie sat on the shelf for like a year or two. And Van Damme finally convinced them to let him go back in and re-edit it. And that's the version we have. Um, but like, it, it's and it's hard when you're looking at stuff online. It's like, well, I saw this from one source. And like, now I'm seeing it somewhere else. But is their source that same source I, yeah, I saw? I, I, but like, Frank Dukes is one of the people saying that that's what happened with this. Um, and I don't, I don't know how to take that. Of, he seems a dubious source, but that seems an odd thing for him to be making up as well. He does. I I didn't see that, but it, it, it also wouldn't surprise me. But, man, I don't know. Like, when you look at this against, like, other canon films, for, that, for this to just sound on the shelf just feels like they really must have not understood what that's they had. What, yeah, that's what doesn't make sense. So it doesn't seem like something canon would do. Like, especially what their model was for these movies, which is just cranking movies out as fast as they could. Well, because they're and I don't know if they would have done it for this, but their model was like shelling international rights, like like in advance, to right? To, fund, to fund and then, the movie, yeah. And so, so it's like, yeah, like they would have to release things, like they couldn't just not. Now, I don't know. Maybe they didn't do that for this one, and it was so low budget because they would typically sell those rights based on a star, and this doesn't yeah. have a star. No. So maybe this wasn't that way. And maybe it's just and maybe they were hoping Van Damme would pop and they were sitting on it thinking like, I mean, oh, this guy's going to do something else and this will be like a bigger hit. It's possible. I think he was in a movie that was in, it might be another without looking another movie called Black Eagle that was from the same year where I think he plays a bad guy. Hmm. And I think that was a canon movie, too. It wouldn't surprise me if maybe they, they did a string of stuff with him and all of a sudden they're like, oh, shit, we've actually got something like we need to we're gonna start, we need yeah. to start this like guy monetizing this guy, yeah. So, and that's possible. I mean, I, I'm not gonna say it's, it's it couldn't have happened. It, it's just it would feel weird because like I've never. It's like I never had to get convinced that this was like a fun movie or that I enjoyed it. It's just like I just always really just love this movie because yeah. it's just so no, much fun. Yeah, so. you have fucking blood for like yeah. But I'm also like it's I could fantastic. also see a, an interview with Van Dam where he was like taking credit for this, even though he. I would argue that the only thing he contributes to it is really just the athleticism and, 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 the, and the karate ability. <laughs> and the and the sweet, sweet ass. And the sweet, sweet kid. <laughs> sweet kid. Sweet, sweet kid. <laughs> All right, I want to see if there's anything. Uh... I still can't believe they made this for like a million bucks. I mean, it, it does look good. It's shot pretty well besides obviously the flashback stuff. Yeah. Um, the budget for this they yeah man, everything every in hong kong except the, this is really what yeah so um the hotel lobby stuff bar or whatever that stuff looks cheap too but the other stuff in hong kong and the kumite stuff looks fantastic um so it's an interesting mix you know what uh speaking of kumite that we did and we've not talked about this uh, I fucking love the music in this movie. I love it. I, it it's oh, not that's the next good. thing I was going to talk about. That's so funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> you you it, like some it's, Stan Bush? <laughs> it's I, I always love. I'm always down for some Stan Bush. <laughs> it's generic as hell, but it's just like it's just that that kumate kumate kumate. It's like you just get fucking pumped 
watching this and watching that entire final fight it's just yeah. it works on every level and it's like it's like it's just generic video game music and i think this is probably like the impetus for it and i'm just i'm so glad because it's just, it's just it just reminds me of my childhood it's just it's like there's a nostalgia factor <laughs> oh there's a reason for that do you know what else oh. dan bush wrote no i have no idea uh a little song called the touch from transformers the movie you've got the touch yeah I've heard the song. I've never seen the movie. Oh my god, it's fine. It's, <laughs> it's the Transformers movie. <laughs> uh, is it better? Than Show the it to Bay like ones? your boys or something. Like, <laughs> is it better than the Michael Bay ones? Like, is it? Be- like, I I mean, cartoon, I would right? say it is, but I really don't like those Michael Bay ones. But I've not. I didn't either. I've not seen many of those because I really dislike the first one. So. I can't say see. too much, but turns out it's not streaming anywhere for free. <laughs> so <laughs> that's okay. I, I've never seen it. I feel like I know Sa- Sam really enjoyed it when he was like four, five, six. Okay, so my, my my kids are right there. In the, They're in probably the right where... in the sweet spot to be like fucking robots <laughs> that turn into like planes and cars, cars and, and trucks and shit. And like lasers. this is awesome. Great. <laughs> yeah. All right. Some no, Stan Bush music. What more can I ask for? <laughs> dude, I, I, I'm I'm here for it because I, I tell you, that was like one. Of, it's still one of my favorite parts of this. It's just the music is yeah, it's, it's awesome, generic, it's, but it just works on every level. Oh, I, I had the same experience watching it this time. Of like, I love this music. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. It's like I shouldn't. Yeah, but uh, this this movie and uh, the music to me, and but also just this whole movie, everything is just it's such a, a memeable movie and i have a, another friend who again a guy I used to work with he and i for a long time would just communicate in gifts from this movie of like van damme like looking like the background you've got up like now where he just looks confused and he's blinded um you know the the stuff with bolo young flexing his pecs so like <laughs> do like the peck the peck i don't even know what to call it but like yeah just Everything, everything about this movie—it's—it's it's got all these memorable, fantastic scenes. The soundtrack lands. The fight sequences are great. They just—it's crazy how they just did such a good for canon, especially when they're on—I yeah. would argue when they're waning. They just did such a good job with the simplicity of, of what of what works for this movie. Yeah, it's almost like we're talking about Van Damme being a silent actor. Like this movie could almost be a silent movie. Yeah. That everything it needs to communicate, like there's they so there's the one um, Asian character who's like given a lot of Kumite exposition. Oh, Victor Lin. Yeah, yeah. That guy's it's, great. It's not even, but I don't even know how necessary that is. But I don't like. There's really not a ton of exposition in this. No, you're kind of okay. just getting. You're kind of just understanding like what this is because it's a very simple concept, so it doesn't need a ton. Um, and so it's more hitting like emotional beats, and I think that's why it works so well. I think that's what's lacking. It sounds weird to say this, but it's lacking. But from a lot of modern movies, that they overexplain stuff. There's too much exposition. There's too much need or sense that you have to to explain all this shit for the audience this is like the perfect mix of like dump me into an action movie don't don't worry about spending all this time setting up and let's just go and let's just get straight to it it's like yeah i love that about it 
no, it's it's it is what it is. And it like no, it's not trying to like appeal to everybody or be more it's not trying like, to be the godfather too. <laughs> but you could have been. It could have been. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I god, I fucking love this movie. <laughs> I do too. Um I I I am slightly disappointed that I can't show it to my child. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I because I feel like right. he would also be like, Oh, this is pretty cool. Like like Am I that flexible? Can I? Can I? Can you? Like, will it's you a, suspend yeah. me in a bunch of ropes so <laughs> I can like show you how strong yeah, I am? Can I build that in the backyard? <laughs> can I carry around? Can I? Can I go to school with like a like a packet of something in my pocket so I could throw it in somebody's eye? <laughs> I need to yeah. <laughs> so speaking, of, I, I, we got to talk about that final fight. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we Duke, do. Frank Dukes versus Chun Li. <laughs> I. Uh, well, you go first. All right. So. It doesn't <laughs> I don't know why it works, but they add the Chugly like hurts Ray Jackson and steals a bandana and has it around his leg stuff. <laughs> and it's like not even necessary, but it just like heightens it just a little bit more. Um but and they've really just built Chugly up. But so okay. Are you ever, anytime have you seen this movie, are you ever, were you ever worried for Van Damme, for Frank Dukes? No, but I'm also like, no, I, I, I wasn't. Yeah, I was like, even, I, even as a kid, I'm just like, you know, he's going to win. He has to win. Yeah, I, I agree. The same thing, even as a kid, it's like, well, he's definitely going to win. You don't know how, but you know he's going to. And that's like almost what's fascinating is like, how is he going to beat this guy? And like I know he's going to, but how are they going to do it? That's probably why they have to blind him at some point because it's like he, you he don't see just, Dukes yeah. challenge at all prior to this with any of the other fighters. It's just like he's just like <laughs> knocking guys out like left and right. Like no he, he needs a challenge to overcome, and like yeah, it's not enough to. And even even uh, uh, Jackson gets uh chung lee on the ground and i think like if he wasn't such an idiot he probably he would have beat him yeah. like he would have won kumite we probably. were robbed of the jackson uh dukes <laughs> so that was my question was for all right final fight notwithstanding i love it I, I like i said earlier i think the whole movie shot pretty well for the fight sequences i think this the final fight is especially good because again they're yeah. they're showing these crazy high kicks from Van Damme and they're shooting it from a low angle. So it has this big sense of presence on the screen and it feels like you're actually watching like a, a really big deal. So like it, it really, it's kind of like a Rocky movie, but with, with for, for kickboxing and for, and for karate, right. You know, where it's got these really interesting cuts and these really interesting shots that, that are a uh, very, flattering way for them to to shoot all of it and i think like the, the, the van damme high kicks are so cool him doing the splits and stuff like that um they do a really good job of it and i think that was that was what i really enjoyed about it but you're right like it's there's just never this there's never this concern that the final fight's going to end with chun li winning yeah. um i that was my question to you though was uh who wins in a fight uh donald or excuse me ray jackson or uh, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme. It's hard because the movie. Do they, so... do they fall in love during the fight, and that's that's the ending? 
I'm torn. I I feel they would both they both committed to fighting. You would want to finish it, but then when it came time to it, neither one would want to do like the final blow. Yeah, they would. They, they wouldn't want to hurt the other. And it'd other be down. like something where like they both fall down at the same time and don't get back up, and like it's a like on purpose or like it's a draw. Yeah, like somehow, <laughs> or like they both like fall out of the ring together or something like I uh I kind of feel like um because Jackson's the heel and he knows it on some level I could see him semi throw in the fight at the very end to let Van Damme win for, for mm, I can see that yeah he seems to want the friendship a lot more <laughs> like yeah I think he needs a, the friendship a lot more that he's like, I think that's the sad part. He's like, yeah, like I need this. Like I have yeah, friends. Like yeah, no, I gotta, I gotta, I got, I need to put the work in on this relationship. I feel like a week after this movie takes place, he's probably sleeping on Victor Lin's couch. It's still in Hong Kong, and Victor's he's like, like oh, when the hell are you leaving? Is over. You gotta get the hell out of here. <laughs> Can't come back. Five more years. You got five more years. We can come back to my fucking couch. I love it. So, um, I already. So, Oh, go ahead. Nope, go ahead. No, I just guess. Um, so blind, uh, blind Frank Dukes. <laughs> I would argue. Uh, How ridiculous, like, Frank Dukes. <laughs> I. How ridiculous is it <laughs> that he's blinded, and you still like we're talking about? You know he's gonna win. You still know he's gonna win, and I don't like. I obviously I love this movie, so this is a big part of it. I still don't ever really call like bullshit on the movie, even though it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. Especially when like Chucky Lee throws the ref at him and he's like getting ready to hit the ref and he like somehow is like, no, that's the ref and not Chung Lee. It's like I I I, I um I, I don't know. I, I, I buy it. I buy it all. Like I, I'm in the whole thing. It's this is I think if I watched this in 2022 and this is like the way this movie's presented, but like, oh this is stupid. But because I saw this when I was let's see, in eighty eight I was five. Yeah, so probably I bet I was then. like no, I was probably like seven or eight, I bet, when I saw this for the first time. And I felt like I said, probably something like on like TBS. And I just remember like on the playground. This was a movie everybody fucking talked about. It was like, yeah, like you have to see Bloodsport. You have to see it, and it was sort of like this movie that was hyped. And so you kind of, I, I feel like I went into it with this perception of, I'm going to see this amazing, awesome movie. And it was like, as an eight year old or whatever, it never failed my expectations. Like it never was like, oh well, you know, yeah, it's <laughs> it's, you know some cool fights but the movie doesn't make sense otherwise or anything like that it's like no i'm here for the fights i'm here for the action stuff <laughs> everything else is just a, a byproduct of what this what they're trying to do and i think if you go into it if you can still keep that mindset and you watch it like yeah you don't care like you just don't care yeah, about that nice. stuff where it's like it doesn't make any sense that dukes is punching at stuff that he can still kind of see as not a fighter like there's a scene where he punches he is like staring at the camera and he throws a punch and then you just see Chung Lee yeah. come through and just like slap him and you're just like, why well, the fuck did you not see that coming? Like, based on the on the camera they're showing, it just looks like your vision's a little blurry and that's about it. So, I forgive it all because I saw this when I was a kid and 
Yeah. It's yeah, like it's... I can't see the flaws in this movie anymore because I'm I just well, love it too the much. The flaws are part of what you love about it at this point. So it's like they're not flaws anymore. Like I fucking love that about this movie. <laughs> I could you make this today and still make it as fun? Oh man. I I don't know. I just don't think no one's making movies. Well, I guess people are. I guess the digital stuff, it's too easy to like reshoot things. So like when something looks bad or cheesy, a lot of times you get to reshot just because you can do it right away. And I don't know. No, I just don't. I don't know. This is just a, a 1988 movie with like an up and coming like star and yeah i don't know i don't know i guess if you hit a guy like that who's up and coming and people are just like and you might be able to still capture something like this but um it really have to be the right events combining i get yeah that's what's that's what kind of sucks well you and i will be 40 next year um that probably in and of itself Uh, sucks a little bit but uh (laughs) it's just sad because it feels like you can't get movies like this with modern movies or or maybe if you are getting them they're going straight to video on demand and you probably just never right and that's they're so hard to track them. down at this point like yeah you don't all right do you mind if i pause for a second but, to uh, but, go to the bathroom <laughs> uh, are you gonna take a kumite break <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah go for it all right <laughs> i'm back <laughs> kumite I've just been chanting Kumite to myself for the last <laughs> 30 minutes. So I'm ready to go for another like two hours now. <laughs> I can do this all over again and probably actually make more sense of it than we did when we probably started this because we went <laughs> all over the map. When we first kicked this I know. I, it's funny. Um, I feel this one I have like so much love for. Um, Th- that's the problem is because yeah. it, it, it means that we're just, we, we can't, like we can't, uh, stay focused enough to actually. <laughs> yeah, and there's so many things to talk about. <laughs> I was trying to right. think if there's anything else we've like not talked about that that is it is uber critical. We've definitely talked about uh, Jean Claude Van Damme's but his uh, <laughs> his love with um, Donald Gibbs, uh, Ray Jackson. We've talked about how Bolo Young was 50. We've talked about how <laughs> we've talked about the splits. The training montage. Oh, I, for the splits, I just want to call out the um, the split when he's like on top of the roof and like looking out over. That's like that's a fucking hell of a shot. It is. Like, I, that's I, not I, a again, shitty movie shot. Like, the, yeah, no, it's a little that, ridiculous and over the top, but like, but it's a gorgeous shot and is like it's, no, I, 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 again, the, you don't the movie get, is is looks you don't looks get in, like good. a often in like the canon chuck norris movies you don't get big things like that of like you're in hong kong getting a feel for like james bond travelogish aspect of it where it makes it feel big and international and yeah it's it's it's, i don't know it works it works really well no i think this is gonna probably you could probably mark this as one of the best looking uh canon movies at least, at least of the ones we're probably going to cover. <laughs> I, I, I have to go back and look at the list, but like everything else looks like it's shot super cheap. It looks kind of chintzy. You can tell it's it's kind of a, a cheesy movie. To your point, like any of the Norris stuff they did for um, 
even even any of the Bronson stuff they did for for Canon Films, it's just not does not look good. Um, no, most no of one's taking feels... the time to look for those types of shots. No, I'd say also but that might everyone... that might speak to one of the one of the strengths of, of Newt Arnold is if he was kind of a either a second unit or an assistant director, he was probably doing a lot of this work with DP. Um, the DP here, David Worth, he hasn't done a ton of stuff we would have probably ever covered. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think you're right like like again that's a, that's a high point in movies it's aesthetically everything just looks good about it the scenes that don't look good to me are like what you said it's in the hotel or it's like the dinner and date stuff and then all the places where it really matters where they're setting up the the music video they do of van damme emoting uh donald gibbs character being hurt or the fights those are all really well done so it's like it, it, it this movie just manages to find all of its strengths in all the perfect places um, wonder, even though it's kind of a big movie i wonder if some of that is van damme is still coming up in hungry whereas you talk about like a bronson or a chuck norris when they're doing canon movies they kind of they recognize what they're doing van yeah, damme yeah still like he's looking to be like, you know, let's go all out and do everything we can. Like, I'm game. Whatever you want me to do, let's do it. Like, I, I want this to be my ticket to becoming a star uh, versus some of the established stars. Like, no, man, it's a fucking canon movie. I'm not doing like <laughs> you get me oh, for these no, days. Like, and like <laughs> uh, Bronson doing 10 to midnight was 100 percent like, well, I'm I'm going to pay for my kids, my grandkids to go to college. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. Oh. Really. We, you have a young, hungry actor. I wonder how much that adds to the production value of someone who's just willing to be like, yeah, you want to shoot another day with like, you need a helicopter shot of me doing splits up on this roof? Yeah, let's fucking do it. That sounds awesome. I, uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that's... The, you can't really recreate that. I think um, Arnold and doing uh, The Terminator, Arnold doing Conan the Barbarian stuff is kind of the same thing of like he was still didn't really have a name for himself so he was willing to kind of go to the go the distance and take some some coaching and feedback to maybe make the movie better and you probably have Van Damme still willing to do that stuff I think here. even Arnold like Predator stuff is still like has that in him a bit yeah I think that true. guy just wanted to be a star and was willing to and, um, under the right people he would listen to to feedback and, yeah. and, and, and get pushed but yeah I, I agree with you I think um so I guess like I answered my own question earlier. You were, maybe you really couldn't make this in 2020 or 22. Yes and no. I, I it'd just be you still just need the right circumstances. Um, and I think it's possible, but I just don't think it finds the audience to become this. Probably um, not in 2022 because I was looking at and I, I'd have to go back and look at how many movies, but I was. Um, sometimes I, I, like, I try to keep up with like new movies, but like watch older movies and stuff. And I was looking at my letterbox and like, I was like 2022 movies. I think I've, I've watched like 40 movies that have come out in 2022. Yeah. I was looking at like 2021. It was like 81 movies I've seen that came out in 2021. <laughs> and like 2020 was like 60. Um, that's pretty good like right and i was like pretty high i feel like completely behind on so much of this like i like movies and like the industry and things it's like 
there's just way too many movies that get made and like it's hard to say like make less movies but it's also like it's fucking impossible to watch things like to be up like you just can't watch everything and it's literally impossible even if that's your job you couldn't do it i i think it's just because media is stratified now because yeah. not only do you have to try and you know if you're trying to kind of keep up with the joneses on 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 what's current you, you have to watch stuff that's technically probably either in theaters or coming to streaming sooner and you've got to keep up with what the streaming services are now trying to do for their own unique content and it's too much uh, right. yeah I, i'm looking at my stats i watch 21 movies that are made in the year 2022 20 movies from 2021 10 movies from the year 2020 yeah 2020 was covid that not a lot of yeah. new stuff came and out. then i then i'm open i'm then i'm up in the 30s and 40s for the next for the rest of the the okay. 2010s for, for most years so but, but yeah, it's so, like it's tough well yeah yeah just so you're asking like could they make it's like maybe and like maybe they have and it's like a straight to tubi like movie that and how would you find like like how would you find that like, uh, just dumb luck yeah i think uh dumb luck and it, it, yeah I'm, I'm even looking at like letterbox and their their stats thing of like here's the list progress you have on the letterbox top 250 here's our afi list here's our documentaries our top uh or hundred thousand and one movies to see where you die and it's like yeah when you think about that and it's like i've seen almost almost 1700 movies and so it's like when you think about that it's like well a lot of those are just known classics but anything new it's like the vast majority of what i've I've seen for, for stuff in the last 10 or 12 years is pretty small in the scheme of the rest of that that list of movies yeah yeah and it's, it's just there it means that they're not making stuff that's it's either harder to access or it's not or or media you know because media is too stratified or it's just not as compelling maybe maybe it's an age thing i've just aged out of well, that it's, it's easier to access but harder to find I, I, if that makes sense that no makes, it does it does because there's a time where like i they've been in like augusta georgia like movies just didn't come out in theater here that were like big movies um and that's still the case, really. But it's gonna be like it's even easier now with streaming or even like DVDs and stuff. Um, but there's also so many more movies coming out that it's so hard to like sort through. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, part of this part of me it feels like almost there's this pressure of I have to watch whatever like the streaming like the what, what is it right now. On net, not, not now. It's like you know, but a few weeks ago, it was that Dahmer movie that was on Netflix. Oh yeah, it's like I, oh, I, I want to be. Yeah, but I'm like, everybody's like, yeah, it's great. I'm like, I just don't, I don't want to watch it. Like, I just don't want to watch a movie to fucking bum me out about a serial killer. Like, <laughs> well, like, that's sorry. I find the stuff that's like took place in our lifetimes that like I remember these stories. I I don't. I don't feel a big compulsion to watch this true to light, like these dramatizations of these true stories that I have a memory of. And I, oh, I mean, I guess fair. if like certain directors did it, I'd be curious about that. But yeah, it just doesn't move the needle for me of like, I, like, why would I like, I know what nah. that is and I'm not, yeah, I don't know. People are like, that's so good. I'm like, oh, that's fine. I, I just, yeah, I'm like, I'm just not. 
interested. And it sounds crappy, maybe, but I'm just like, okay. So maybe, maybe again, I, I will blame. Maybe I'm just getting to an age now where it's like, I I am not as accessible as a as a audience member to newer stuff as I, I probably should be. Like, I feel like my tastes are specific of like, I am going to seek out things I want, not, not allow myself to be open to the idea of seeing, seeing new stuff that's, that's coming out. Yeah. I, it's, I don't uh, know if that makes sense. No. And for the dollars, it's like, I'm just not going to, I just don't do many TV shows anymore of like that. Of like, it's just too much of a time commitment. And too many times it's just like, yeah, it was fine. And like, uh, yeah, that's where I got with Stranger Things. Um, we watched the first three seasons, I think, and in season four, we watched like an episode. Well, season two four is too damn long. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I was like, I was like, I think what the first two or three are like two hours long or something. I'm like, they're all I, basically I, movie length. Like, yeah, yeah I, was like, I just remember thinking like. I have a window of like between nine and like maybe ten thirty between like when the kids go to bed and actually yeah, like breathe. I'm like, yeah, I'm like I don't want to watch this. <laughs> like I just like I'm just not interested anymore. Yeah, so I I did watch it and I I really um enjoyed it. and I liked it, but yeah, they, they were I thought it was just way too long for that reason. It took me a while to watch it too because typically something like that that's an established thing I like and enjoy. I'm gonna bang out pretty fast when it comes out. And then I just saw like the length of the episodes and I was like, I, I think, when am I going to do gonna that? Pay. Not gonna <laughs> like, pay off. Yeah. Um, but so that's the, the one caveat would be like, if um, I'm watching with someone else. And so then I can justify like, okay, this is like a shared experience. Yeah. Um, so it's like, a, it's not just me. Cause a lot of stuff I watch by myself. Um, and say so, yeah, I'm not spending 12 hours by myself watching a show I think is like pretty good. Yeah, I mean, Anne and I both tried to watch it together and we're, even like she didn't even like really come back to it either. So it's like Yeah, to that point, like, is what kills episode, the momentum too. If you, yeah, it's like we're, we're yeah. both just like we're too tired to try and put brain power or whatever behind it at the end of the day. So yeah. All right. Anyway, speaking of Bloodsport <laughs> I I, I don't even know if we can uh, do the uh, add ten percent budget for this. Um, I have one. All right, good. If I were to add ten percent to this, I would add it to the um, punch up for the stats that Frank Dukes has in the last <laughs> last couple of screenshots. I would take his fastest KO uh, kick. From 72 miles an hour and i would invest the hundred thousand dollars or ten percent of the budget into giving him a robotic leg so he could <laughs> do an 150 mile an hour uh fastest kick and like kick chung lee's head off or yeah like, like it just becomes the movie cyborg after this, <laughs> which we which we're covering uh not too long from now Ooh, cyborg Ooh. Mm. Um. <laughs> So you, now you got to now you have to think of something because I totally forgot to put that in my notes and I made something up. <laughs> so now it's your turn to make something up. Wait, I, I gotta I gotta look at one thing to see. Well, you're good. While you're doing that, I will also put uh, if this would be if this would be possible. 
I, I'll put Carl Weathers in the uh, in the Ray Jackson role and let him. It it, it, it totally changes the rule the the the, the movie. And this, then, then Bloodsport basically goes from being like a weird foil of the humor of Gid <laughs> and Van Damme to basically the entire movie is the Rocky Three training montage <laughs> of, like, of like Apollo just just teaching an idiot like Rocky how to actually be a good fighter and, and like be a normal human being. Okay. All right. For my 10%, I think this is possible. Career-wise, it's Uh-oh. close. So not a hundred percent, but think I think think it could be done. All right, <laughs> I'm replacing Jenny, new actress, giving her a hundred thousand dollars. Julia Roberts. So what has she done at this point? Sleeping with the enemy? Like, like that's probably nope. like fried green tomatoes. Nope. Oh, no, not free. Um, You're talking steel magnolias. Steel magnolias. Sorry. Nope. That's, that's 89. So well, you're Myst- sleeping with the enemy. Mystic Pizza is 88. Never seen it. Um, it's good. Um, but so, but this comes out in 88 as well. So it's really prior to that. I mean, some she's on like an episode of Miami Vice, like yep, like season four. But yeah, so like not much. So I feel like a hundred grand, you could probably book her for this. Oh, for probably the entire shoot. Like she just be there for like 90, 120 days on set. Yeah, there's no way they I mean, shot. If, if they're paying Van Dam twenty five, yeah, well, that's fair. They're paying Van Damme twenty five thousand dollars. Like they're not even going to pay Julia Roberts ten thousand dollars to do this. Like, but, like the lady who played Jenny in this probably got like, "Hey, you want a free trip to Hong Kong for a week? Sure, great. Here's here's your ticket. We'll I just, you how insane would this movie be if it was like Julia Roberts' like first like major movie she was in, and then she went on to the same to career? S- I would love to see. That's that's the weirdest part. Is like this left field movie, and all of a sudden she goes back into just being uh, um, Pretty Woman because Pretty Woman's like what nineteen ninety, so it's like right yeah, after so this. Yeah, nice. so still like a couple years <laughs> away for her, so she's still like yeah. She hasn't been completely ruined yet, but but Golden Globe Globus might have a shot at it. Yeah, I, I I would watch it. I think I think the sad thing about it is I don't think it would matter because the movie is so uses the Jenny character so poorly yes. that, it's like, <laughs> that it and that's like, that's kind of why I like it because it wouldn't really change much of the movie because it's not it's not any like any actress it's not like what you're gonna do with that role um but it's just the unintentional comedy I think for this movie really <laughs> goes up another level if you uh <laughs> I would like to hear r- the set ridiculous the behind, casting behind like the that. scenes I like to hear the behind the scenes stories from Julia Roberts talking about how fucking weird Van Damme was to work with. <laughs> or you know, what if it what if it totally changes both of their careers and they like they like get married or something? <laughs> love it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I bet they're both super attractive people. I bet they would uh, they would do a fantastic uh, job making kids. <laughs> and then Julia Roberts just goes to like they just make movies together from now on. <laughs> What happens to Lyle Lovett, though? 
Does he find uh, love? No, never does. Until Which, until right, uh until Ray Jackson comes along. <laughs> we're out in left field, but man, like <laughs> didn't get it. Never understood the whole I love it, Julia Roberts thing. Never made sense to me. <laughs> that was like as a kid, that was like affirmation. It's like, yeah, don't worry, nerds can make it. Like okay. <laughs> <laughs> So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Like, if that fucking loser can get Julia Roberts, I got a shot. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, Needless to okay. say, I don't like Loud Lovett's music. <laughs> All right, so I, I get a cast Carl Weathers in this. You got a cast Carl Weathers. Where you, oh, where you put in? I have another idea. Just as a th- I'll throw it out if you want me to while you're thinking about it. I would put him as Victor Lin, where he just somehow was a guy living in Hong Kong. <laughs> and just the smooth talking, like he's yeah. a smooth talking guy who also happens to like be the the sort of pr- promoter, if you will, for for the American guys. <laughs> I think that'd be a lot of fun. All right, um, all right. Now yeah, it's your turn. I, now you gotta commit. Kind of want to just make him one of the fighters. Yeah, but he's too big. Like that's all. Like you gotta get rid yeah. of Donald Gibb to make it. To make, make it, yeah, to make sense. it possible. Otherwise, mm. he has to be like Chung Lee. Yeah, which would be okay, but I can't take Bolo Young out. I just, just can't. Um, you know, I, this is gonna be cheating a bit. Uh, I'm gonna make him the Army Colonel in the beginning, who has to yell at the guy when Frank Dukes goes AWOL. Oh, even when the guy fucks up watching him in the shower. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then the guy chews him out. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'll take that. I'll take that. It's it hard also feels this, like this movie a, has like three characters, like three actual characters in it. But that also feels like a potential role he could have played, where it was like we gave him twenty grand to show up for three hours, <laughs> and then we could put his name on the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. God, what was I watching? Oh, it was, it was Halloween. I, that's what it was. I was watching Halloween, and they were like, "Yeah, we paid." Donald Pleasant's $25,000 and on a 30-day shoot, he was here for like two whole days. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, okay. Like, really, I mean, for time value money, like that's uh, yeah, not time too value bad. money. Like, that's, it's a pretty good setup for those kind of actors to get those gigs. Like, uh, Which yeah, is why uh, when you sometimes you hear those actors interviewed, they're like, man, I don't know. Like, that was two days of my life. Like, I get you love sense. the movie, but... Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Like, please explain to me the character's motivation for this. It's like, dude, I don't know. It's like I'm, dude, I'm paying for my house for this month. I don't want to yeah. deal with the, the complications of why this movie was good or bad. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, what would you rate this movie? Uh, I think I have it rated on Letterbox as like a four and a half. Uh, I'm going to give it uh, a five out of five. Fifty thousand volt tasers. <laughs> I think I'm going to be similar. I do think on Letterboxd, I might have it four and a half, but for the podcast, uh, five out of five split nut punches. I I was uh, on the fence. I also wanted to potentially do five out of five uh, Chung Lee snot rockets. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I was debating about giving this five out of five. As the time goes on for the podcast, if we ever like track this, it'd be like, okay, what do we give like five out of five to? Okay, like Halloween. I know it's gonna be movies that don't have any and blood sport. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm okay with it. <laughs> I am because that's that's 100 indicative of my taste. If you if you put on the fucking English Patient on one TV and on another TV, you know, which, which won a bunch of awards and people loved it. But if on another TV, you put on Blood Sport, 
10 out of 10 times, I'm going to Bloodsport. I'm not really? I'm never going to watch never going to watch the English fish. <laughs> really feel like you picked a pretty easy one to just go to Bloodsport on. <laughs> uh, that's that's a notoriously slow dry movie. All right, well then pick all right, you pick a fucking Oscar movie and tell me if, that I should watch that instead of Bloodsport. You pick one. <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to find <laughs> find something funny to pick, but uh <laughs> No, I don't know. I uh so point being Five out of five, uh, Chung Lee yeah. heck flexes. Sexy. All right. So up next, Toby Life Hooper Force. film, Life Force. I'm excited. I I haven't seen this in a while. Um, other than I, Oof, you know, all I recall is speaking of a captivating body on screen. Z. <laughs> speaking of a life that forces things. Um, <laughs> Um, I, I I have not seen this movie in years. I just remember it being a lot of nudity with some space <laughs> stuff mixed in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I watched it probably uh, maybe two years ago uh, for the first time and was baffled because my only knowledge of it was from the How Did This Get Made podcast. Same. That's my only reference. And I felt like... Watching it, I was just thrown off. I was like, I like this movie is not it's better than they gave it credit for. Yeah, maybe. exactly. I was like, this is much more interesting and better than they like they were just talking about this as like a crazy, stupid, like canon movie. I was like, this is like, yeah, I get like it's a ton of nudity and crazy space stuff happening. <laughs> like, but there's a lot of like interesting, like good filmmaking going on in it as well. So yeah, I'm excited to revisit now. Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper is a good director, I, yeah. I think. Yeah. He, um, I, I, I'm sure he's got some some duds out there, but I mean, he's also the guy who did Poltergeist, guy who did Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, he, he's got a uh, pretty good body of work, I think. Definitely. Uh, I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm excited to go back and watch this again. Uh, to your point, hopefully we've, hopefully there's maybe some some incorrect perceptions out there about uh, how good or bad this movie is. Well, it definitely, I, I can see why, like, how did this get made with Dukes? It's pretty, there's some pretty crazy stuff in it. Um, and I, I get not, why for I that not podcast being, like, low trying budget, to sell though. it hard on the craziness and really hit that hard. But there's also, like, yeah, there's also, like, some really good stuff. And it's, not, mean, it's not, like, crazy in a bad way. It's crazy I mean, in an spend- interesting way. The budget was twenty five million. That's a huge yeah. number for a canon movie. That's huge. Yeah, especially this at that is, time. Yeah, like this is nineteen eighty five. I mean, yeah, that's massive. That's way beyond, uh, and it, it looks like it tanked at the box out. Well, I don't want to steal our thunder, uh, but yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll get to um, it. Oh, we're we're gonna get to it. But yeah, yeah, box office almost twelve million dollars on a budget of twenty five. <laughs> yeah, that hurts. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna sting. So, all right. Well, we'll catch you guys next week for Life Force. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I uh, can't wait to talk about apparently all the nudity that's gonna be. In this movie. <laughs> Another week of nudity, baby. All right. Unfortunately, not Van Damme puns. So, I'll, I'll change my background to that for next week for you. Oh, uh, please, please make sure you also change it to the point where he's pulling up his underwear and making eye contact. So it's especially <laughs> weird for. <laughs> yeah, the eyes just follow you. God, those the buns, they follow you. Those sweet, sweet Belgian buns. Yeah, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening if you made it this far. <laughs> and good night. <laughs>